It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Cheeseheads. Cheese Get on your feet. It's Curd and Law. Hosted by Sparky Fighter and Ryan Horvath. I mean, I'm doing great. What's up, dogs? I mean, let's do this, baby. Well, Niners, Packers, 10 times in 30 years? Yeah. Let's go. Uh, I'll start off by saying congratulations on your undefeated season for the Niners. Uh, I hope you're able to uh, complete history. Because based on all the talk that I've seen and heard, I feel like we're going against an undefeated team that hasn't lost all year, doesn't have a loss. They are the unbeatable force known as the San Francisco 49ers. That's how it feels to me as a Packer fan watching all the stuff coming out of San Francisco. Uh, but feel free to elaborate uh, where I'm wrong. Well, I mean, let's let's talk about the 49ers. I mean, this is a battle-tested, you know, playoff war daddy that they've built. And they've got a fully healthy CMC who's had three and a half weeks of rest. They've got Debo Samuel, who was the only player outside of one other dude in the 40s to go 1,000 all-purpose yards four straight years as a running back and wide receiver to start his career. Brock Purdy broke every 49er passing record that has ever been available. Um, and, and, and we're talking about a team that's been allergic to the forward pass for about 20 years since Jeff Garcia left. And you're looking at Trent Williams, maybe the greatest left tackle uh, in 49er history. George Kittle, monster, he's healthy. Ayuk, and I haven't even talked about the defense where they have arguably the greatest pass rusher in 49er history, Nick Bosa, who's also fully healthy, not missing a bunch of time like he did at the beginning of the year. And I think the best linebacker in the game in five-star general Fred Warner. So, look, the Niners faltered to the Baltimore Ravens, and that's what the national media is going to hold to. They got their ass kicked. There's no other way around it. And, and Brock Purdy looked by far and away the worst he's looked in the 25 games we've watched him. I understand from a national perspective being weary on Brock and the Niners. I've watched this team my whole life. This might be their best roster since the 94 Super Bowl. Who? Hold on a second. I'll let Ryan talk in a second. Who in the national media is weary on the Niners? I haven't seen anybody pick the Packers in the national media. Well, we just get a lot of anti-Brock Purdy stuff. I mean, and we got rabbit ears for it because – of where he was drafted, Mr. Irrelevant. Everybody says, it's the players around him. It's not him. He's a system quarterback. Uh, of the eight quarterbacks left in the playoffs, I'm taking him last. He's the only one who's not a first-round pick. It just feels like because of the, the narrative around Brock Purdy, the team itself is diminished because nobody has faith in him. 
And it's very frustrating. He's better than Jimmy G. Jimmy G was a passenger. And I don't know if Brock Purdy is a quote-unquote superstar, but I know this. He is an infinitely better pocket quarterback, touch quarterback, intermediate layer thrower of the ball, and leader than Jimmy Garoppolo has ever been for the 49ers. And Jimmy was a good Niner. I mean, he really was. Brock's already better through 25 games, and it's not close. Yeah, and, and Joe, uh, you know, full disclosure, I have a bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. I think Brock Purdy is awesome. Um, you could say system quarterback, but I mean, I mean, you could say that about really anybody. You could say that about Tom Brady. You, I mean, nobody's like going to play behind a terrible offensive line with no weapons and look good. So, agreed. Um, I do like Brock Purdy. I feel like the biggest mismatch this weekend, maybe all season, is actually going to be Kyle Shanahan against Joe Barry. And I know Joe Barry and the Packers defense has showed well, but I actually like that matchup against Dallas because Dallas couldn't run the football, you know, and if you look what Green Bay has been doing the last couple of weeks, they'll play a little bit of man defense on third downs. I don't think they're going to be able to do that against San Francisco because then Brandon Ayuk's going to go off. If you play soft zone coverage, Debo Samuel is going to kill you. George Kittle is going to kill you. And that's really where Green Bay struggles to defend the middle of the field they struggled to defend the run. So that's why I don't really love this matchup. And I think that's the biggest mismatch all week. Um, but, you know, in, in your opinion, who do you see being the Packers killer this weekend? Is it going to be Debo Samuel? Is it going to be George Kittle? You know, because the thing with Kittle is he's such a good blocker as well. Sometimes he'll only have two receptions. You know what I mean? Who, who do you see being that guy this weekend should, that we should worry about? Is it McCaffrey, Debo? Is it Ayuk? You know, who's, who's your pick to click this weekend? Because you guys do have so many damn weapons. Well, number one, it's always Christian McCaffrey. I mean, he, he's, he's the best player on the team. He's a first ballot all the same talent. I've been very lucky and blessed. I've been going to Niner games for 40 years. My grandfather and my dad, going back to Keysar, they've had season tickets. I have said this on air, and my dad agrees with me. My grandfather agrees with me. I think Christian McCaffrey is as talented as Jerry Rice. He has no hole in his game. No hole in his game. The guy can pass block. He is tough between the tackles. Vision, patience. Toughness, the ability to get small, burst through the hole, beat past people at the second and third level. I mean, as a pass catcher, he could be the best slot receiver on the team. He's the best player on the team, period. End of discussion. Now, as far as whose turn is, that's kind of the beauty of how they do this. If you stack the box, we're going to go over the top with the play action. Brock's excellent when he turns his back to the defense and he has to throw the ball intermediately over the linebackers underneath the safeties. Let me go to personnel. I want to geek out for a second. This is why the Baltimore matchup was so bad for the Niners. They have the rare personnel up front that is so physical. They just go mono a mono across the board. And then they have two dynamic linebackers in Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith who can hit and cover. Very good to have that. Tampa Bay this year was a tough game for the Niners. They ended up winning going away, but it was a tougher game because of Levante David. Teams that have elite linebacker play that can stuff the run and also cover in space do a good job against them. That's why they dismantled the Dallas Cowboys. The Niners crushed them. The Eagles, same thing. They can't cover the middle of the field. So then the option routes with CMC, George Kittle, Debo on the slant, Ayuk over the top. It opens up the entire playbook. Guys, if you can't cover basic stuff in the middle of the field, they are going to eat you alive. I think yeah. they're going to win by multiple yeah. touchdowns. 
Yeah, and Joe, I love George Kittle. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a betting man, right? So I love George Kittle anytime touchdown over three and a half receptions. Jake Ferguson, as we do this podcast, just scored again. He had three touchdowns against Green Bay. I know it was in garbage <laughs> time. But I want to ask you really quick, if Green Bay is going to make this a game, I mean, they're pretty big on underdogs. They're nine and a half point dogs. If they're going to pull off the upset on the road, do what Aaron Rodgers never was able to do. Jordan Love, that is. You know, I think the one area, and you could correct me if I'm wrong, that I worry a little bit about the defensive side of the ball for San Francisco would just be the pass defense, the secondary. They take away everything underneath because, like you said, Fred Warner is the best coverage linebacker in the league. They have such a good pass rush, and they're able to get natural pressure, obviously, with Bosa and now with Chase Young. But is that, you know, the only area that you do have some concern? You know, maybe the secondary with those deep passes down the field, especially the way that Jordan loves playing right now? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. You know, it's interesting, like, They've been spread out five wide a couple of years ago by Josh Allen, where he was just calling all these audibles and basically doing the Peyton Manning orchestra thing at the line. And, they, and he just diced them up, diced them up. But the real way to beat the Niners, and I know people say spread them out. And, no, no, no. Run the ball right down their throat. When they have struggled against teams, it's when they can't stop the run. Javon Hargrave has been really good this year, but they missed Eric Armstead for a good chunk of time on the back end of the year. And teams were running right down the middle. And when games were close, when they had difficulty, it was because they couldn't stop the run. And then, obviously, now you're not getting home. Now you're able to play action, and you can't exploit the corners. Traverse Ford had an excellent year in terms of interceptions. But he's handsy. He'll get a lot of penalties downfield. I think Diomino Lenore is very underrated. He's a really good player. It's slot in particular. How many teams have a good slot corner? If Isaiah Oliver is on the field, which he shouldn't be, but if he is on the field, he's the guy they will target, 26. He doesn't play a lot, but they've had Demo slide into the slot, and then Aubrey Thomas comes out onto the field. That's usually what their nickel and three wide receiver sets look like. And, yeah, they have a rookie safety, Jair Brown, he hasn't looked great. He's taken some bad angles. He's not as good as Talanoa Hufanga. And so I worry about him missing a big-time tackle. I mean, open field tackling has been one of their strengths during the Shanahan era. It could break for a big play if a guy like a safety takes a poor angle. So I'm very, very worried about the back end. But to me, it all starts with Aaron Jones in the run game. If they can establish the run, then it really scares me. Okay, so yeah. – uh, I want to talk about some of the shade being thrown around uh, from that Niner locker room. I mean, there was some shade thrown at the Cowboys from Fred Warner saying the Cowboys must have taken the Packers really lightly, kind of like, you know, they would have prepared for them, you know, like they should have. They probably would have won the game. So you got that comment. Uh, then you got guys talking about how Jordan Love actually plays within the offense and does what he's supposed to do, uh, which makes him a little bit more dangerous than maybe what Aaron Rodgers was uh, at some point. Does it feel like to you, I mean, they're saying they're not taking the Packers lightly and so forth. But I mean, to me, if you kind of read between the lines, it doesn't feel like they're all that concerned about this team. No, I see. I think you're misinterpreting because you don't have the context. The Cowboys and Niners have been going at it through the media and Micah Parsons' stupid podcast for months now. 
So that's a the Niners and Cowboys hate each other. They got mad. Kittle wore a FU Dallas shirt. He lifted it up after a touchdown. They played each other three times uh, in the last two years. I believe five in the last four. There's a lot of bad blood between them. So the Niners do not respect the Cowboys at all. And so it was probably more directed at them. Regarding the quarterback thing, there is no way around it, guys. I'm telling you, it's not about Jordan Love. Pocket quarterbacks play right in to what the Niners want to play. They want to know where you're going to be so that they can send the house at you, meaning Nick Bosa and whoever's on the edge, be it Chase Young or, or uh, Randy Gregory or whatever, with Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. The mobile quarterbacks have crushed them. Josh Allen, who I referenced. Russell Wilson for many years. Lamar Jackson, who destroyed them. The only reason they did a good job against Jalen Hurts is because they literally didn't try to collapse the pocket. They set the edges and stopped running and forced him to throw. They were not going to let his legs beat them. They want to face statue in the pocket quarterbacks. That's where they've had the bulk of their success in the five-year run with Shanahan. My argument for the Packers in this game, if there's going to be one, um, is that it helps that they're essentially uh, playing a mirror of themselves. You know, offensively, they're going to do relatively the same stuff. Defensively, they're going to play zone just like the Packers like to play. So it's going to be uh, kind of like a mirror of themselves. Now, they may have more talent. They may do it at a higher level. But schematically, it's very, very similar to what both teams do on both sides of the ball. That's interesting. I mean, but there's dudes. I mean, you got to block and tackle. You know what I mean? Like, how many teams have the team speed? and physicality of Dre Greenlaw and Fred Warner. How many people have a generational pass rusher who could be the all-time 49er playoff franchise record holder for sacks in Nick Bosa facing you this week? I think that's very difficult. I love your receivers. I love the Green Bay receivers, but they're very young. I mean, you won a game last week where Reed didn't have a catch, and you dropped 50. I couldn't believe that that happened. So Romeo Dobbs and them boys, hey, I have respect for them. But this is a big stage. This is a battle-tested Niner team. They've won six playoff games in the three playoff appearances for Kyle Shanahan. This ain't their first rodeo. So I think you're looking at a team that understands every single week you can get knocked off. And losing your quarterback in the first series of the NFC Championship game last year, they have been angry and hungry and determined to get back to that spot. They're not going to overlook the Packers. Yeah, Joe, I was going to ask you for your prediction, but I know that you're going to pick uh, you Sam. Said by four, he picked it by two touchdowns, he said earlier. Well, exactly. So I'm asking. Oh, I went 42-20. Yeah, so so what I want is your prediction. I want your Super Bowl prediction. Who scares you the most? Obviously, you know, you saw Baltimore Christmas Day, but on a neutral field, especially with uh, with some tape, with Shanahan extra time to prepare, I think I'd like the Niners in that game. Who scares you the most right now? I think the easy one for people to say is Baltimore, but I'm with you on the preparation. I, I think it's really hard to face Lamar Jackson on a one-off if you're not in their division during the regular season. It's a totally different thing when you're completely game planning for them for two weeks. I'm sorry. I, I know that they might lose this weekend, and this is not their most talented team. I put the Chiefs in the Tom Brady zone. Until they get knocked off, how could you not fear them? I mean, he's, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen in my life. He's unbelievable. And until that man gets knocked out, and I see him do it to the Niners, we stuffed him for three quarters. And then the final 12 minutes of the Super Bowl happened in Super Bowl 50. So, like, until I see that man lose, it's very difficult for me to go against Andy Reid and the Chiefs. Yeah. Very good. He is Joe Shasky again in the morning roast, 95.7 The Game out in San Francisco. Check him out at Butcher Boy. 
415 on Twitter if you'd like to chat him up. Joe, thanks so much, man, and uh, enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Joe. Let me pretend to not be a giant homer here, guys. Biggest issue for me when it comes to Brock Purdy, he's great at extending the plays. There are times when he extends the plays and he spins out left and throws across his body or spins out right and throws across his body back to the middle of the field. He's gotten away with it on five or six touchdowns this year. But he's also had four separate interceptions on that same kind of play. He's a gunslinger, okay? If that guy doesn't control the ball in the wet, in the mud, that is the one thing that does worry me. I just want to throw that out there. And for those tuning in, it is expected to rain uh, coming up during the game on Saturday night, right? Yeah, there's going to be a rain. I had a meteorologist on today. She's pretty good. I mean, not your normal meteorologist. She's nailed every Niner weather game the last couple of years. She says light rain in the before the game, a little during the game. It's not going to be some tsunami like most people are predicting. The weather's going all over the place. I think they will be rain. I'm really worried about the turf. I think the turf's going to be muddy and crappy. The Santa Clara field is not good. Lovely. I don't even know who that benefits. I have no idea who a muddy field would benefit. Uh, Joe, thanks so much for coming on, man. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens. Have a good one. I know I'm an arrogant Niner fan. Pinky's up, sipping wine, eating cheese. Bang, bang, Niner gang. <laughs> Love it. All right, there he is, uh, our guy Joe Shasky. Had to go around the board there to uh, hang up on him. All right, all right let's move so, on. I thought you were so disappointed by his prediction that you would just – Oh, no, I completely – you know, it's funny – uh, my cousin, yeah. uh, who lives out in San Francisco, I got multiple cousins that live out there. She texted me uh, earlier, and she's like, "So, you know, I, what do you think about the game? You know, the Niners are really good, but they've lost games they shouldn't have lost, um, so forth." And I was like, "Yeah, right. Come on, everybody outside, out, out coming out of San Francisco thinks they're going to win this game. I don't see anybody nervous outside of you at this point." Um, and then I said, "Well, actually, I'm. We're going to have Joe Shasky on our our podcast coming up here." And she's like, "Oh, I'm flying to New York tomorrow. I'll, I'll listen to it." I was like, yeah, I, I expect complete trash talk the entire time like he always does. I go, but it, it'll be fun to see how this whole thing plays out. I love Joe. Like, I know if, fans get mad at him because he he runs his mouth a lot, and I get it. Uh, but when he's wrong, like he was on Trey Lance, being the the uh, next black John Elway, he'll eat his crow, and he'll 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 take it when he's wrong. So black John Elway, he had that he on the big show. He called him the next the the black John Elway. That's how excited he was. Him and his dad were both in the car on speaker, both chirping about how great Trey Lance was going to be, uh, and was going to be that guy after Aaron Rodgers left. And obviously, uh, that happened. All right, take a quick time out. Come back, confident, concerned, and curious. Again, thanks to Joe Shasky for coming on. Uh, I do love me some Joe Shasky, especially when it involves two of our favorite teams. Uh, confident, concerned, and curious. Up next, Ryan Horvath and myself.